Okay, good morning. Let's, uh, hey, let's pray. Y'all join me in this prayer. Lord, we pray that you would be uh, here. Uh, God, not, not part of what we're doing. We want to be part of what you're doing. And, and we just invite you to, to come in and, and take the will, Lord. Just uh, uh, speak through me, but God, be in, be in our hearts individually and, and just uh, minister to our spirits. God, we need you and uh, our community needs you, and, and we just pray your will done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm in John chapter 5 today. Uh, John is in the New Testament. Uh, so your Bible, and if you don't have one, we would love to give you one. Uh, we have them in the foyer, so on your way out, please take one uh, for free. If you want something leather-bound, we cannot afford to give that away for free. But uh, there, as you exit over on your left, we have uh, those for well uh, as, as well, and, and you can purchase those. We make no profit out, out, off of that. Uh, the price we have listed is literally what we paid for it. So, um, but we have them for free on our VIP table as you exit, so please take one. Uh, your Bible is a library of 66 books. The first 39 are the Old Testament and uh, the last 27 are the New Testament. So we are in the New Testament. The difference between the Old and the New Testament, or we could say Old and New Law, or we could also say Old and New Covenant, is that uh, the Messiah that is waited for throughout the entire Old Covenant shows up. And we call him Jesus, uh, which is totally not his name. Uh, his name is Yeshua, Yeshua. Uh, his name is Yeshua, and then by the time that went from Greek to Latin to English, we came up with Jesus. So it is his name, but in Hebrew, it's Yeshua. But anyways, uh, Jesus shows up. He is that promised Messiah, we believe, and um, the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are eyewitness accounts or firsthand surveys of the life of Jesus. Now, we are, we are reading from John who walked with Jesus. He would have been the youngest of the apostles to walk with Jesus and also uh, the last to die. Um, so we're in John chapter 5, and I want you to track with me. All the Scripture will be on the screen uh, as I am reading as well. Here we go. Some time later, there was a feast of the Jews. We've been going through John, so this is sometime after what we talked about last week, Okay. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now that's significant. He's been in Galilee. Galilee is a little more open, ready to listen. Jerusalem is where all the religious people are. And so it's a little harder to get something through. It's a little harder to teach someone who already knows everything. Can I get an amen on that? Okay? And let's just confess right now I've been that guy. You are like, yes, you have. No, I mean you confess you've been that person as well, okay? We've all been there, so this is not to, to throw shade at anyone. This is to throw shade at everyone, okay? We've all been there. So, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool with five covered colonnades, which in Hebrew is called Bethesda. On these walkways lay a great number of the sick, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Okay, so Jesus goes into Jerusalem. He has done most of his ministry in Galilee. They're a little more apt to listen. And so now he's going to go to Jerusalem 
But who is he going to go to when he goes to Jerusalem? The super religious? No. He's going to the, the ones who need, who desire help, are at the end of themselves, right? This is going to be his first stop. So if that is you, congratulations. You're first on the list, okay? If you already have everything figured out, you are the last in line for revelation. I didn't get one amen on that. Is this thing on? If you are the, or, or if you're the one who has everything already figured out, you're the last in line for revelation. You're the last in line to learn. You're the last in line for a healing. I'm not saying that you can't be confident in your relationship with Jesus. I'm just saying when you stop learning, <laughs> you stop learning. Verse 5. One man there, oh, that's interesting. There's a great number of sick. We, we, we can talk about one man now? We're going to talk about one man? This is America. This is 2024. How are you going to talk about one person? If God doesn't come in and just heal every single person in there in some mystical, if he doesn't cross his legs and levitate four foot off of the ground and heal everyone and say that you've never done anything wrong, you've only been thought that you did something wrong, then he couldn't possibly be the Messiah. No, he's going to come to one. And here's what you know. You know that you don't know everyone else's story. Okay? We're going to see the healing of one man. I'm going to just throw that out there now. You're, go, you're, you're about to see the healing of one man out of many. And before you start throwing shade at Jesus because he didn't heal everyone, could we just admit for a moment that you don't know everyone else's story? And so a lot of the accusations and, and, and we have questions. You have questions. You have things that you can come to me, and all I can say is I don't know. We can sit down and cry together, and I don't know. And as long as we're on this side of the clouds, we still won't know. There's just a lot of things that we can't, but if we will admit, especially like as a community, really probably as a nation, half of the things we have against God on someone else's behalf of a story we don't really even know. We are two words into verse 5. One man there had been an invalid for 38 years. We don't, that is 38 years old, been that way from, from birth. This happened at 15. This happened, maybe it happened when he was 10 and he's 48. I don't know. But 38 years, pretty long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized that he had spent a long time in this condition. That's interesting, isn't it? Jesus came in and was like, hey, you've been a long time in this position. How would you recognize someone who had been an invalid for uh, 38 years? I mean, your body's going to show signs of this, correct? Keep that in mind for what comes later. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized that he had spent a long time in this condition, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, don't go to verse 7 yet. Don't go to verse 7 yet. What is he going to say? Now, now surely the answer is yes. Okay? Surely the answer is yes. 
But he's going to reply, and the, the reply is confusing to me, but really, when I think about my own life, I often give the same reply. Let's look at what he says, verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am on my way, someone else goes in before me. Now, here's, here's what's interesting. At the pool of Bethesda, there are two pools. There's an upper and a lower pool. And there are a lot of theories on why people believe this. I cannot confirm any of them, so I won't waste your time with the theories, though it is interesting. But at some, for some reason, apparently the lower pool would stir. It would bubble. A lot of theories on why. And the people believed that when it did, it had been touched by an angel... And if you were the first person in the water, you would sort of get that angel juice, okay, and you would be healed. This man had been waiting for years to get into this pool, and did people go into it and be healed? I don't know. Apparently, they were all convinced. Are there still things that you could YouTube right now that will heal you that you've tried, though you won't admit it and it didn't work, although there was a testimony of it? Maybe this is relatable. I don't know. I can't say. That. See, I, we, we're only supposed to take out what's in the Scripture, not put in. Okay, let's not, let's not put our culture and our ideology into the Scripture. Let's just take out what is there. So I just leave it at I, I don't know. But the answer is so weird to me. Do you want to be healed? Dude, just say yes. If the moon was made of green cheese, would you eat it? Just say yes and we'll move on. Y'all don't get that. Okay. Why won't he just say yes? Because he has sat by this pool watching people jump in it ahead of him for so long that his goal is no longer even necessarily healing. His goal is to be the first one in the pool. And he got so asphyxiated on a cure that he forgot about the healing and he's so enthralled with being healed in this way that he fails to reply, yes, I want to be healed, and begins to coach Jesus on how he could be healed. Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Jesus, if you would just, then I could... And this is, this is how we want you to work. I want to be healed, but I want you to do it this way. I already have my testimony written. I just need you to sign it. I don't, I don't like to reference stories in the Bible that everyone doesn't know, so I, 
I'm picking something here that you're probably familiar with. At some point when the children of Israel came out of Egypt under slavery, Moses came and said, let my people go. And the people came out. There were all these plagues and everything. And finally, Pharaoh was like, you can go. And then the people wandered out into the desert. Have you ever tracked on a map their wanderings. Now, there's a little bit of debate on how they got where they went and where they went, but the Bible says that God did not lead them into a straight path because he knew that there would be battles on that path and the people weren't strong enough for it yet. So he leads them in this wild direction where they will finally be, be captured and then the sea will split and they will come through a split sea. And the people are going to grumble and complain the entire time. Now, we read it and we're like, dude, you saw the sea part? There was a tornado of fire leading you in the night so that you could walk 24 hours a day. And then in the back, there were all these things that kept the army from being able to get to you. And we look at it and we're like, wow. But they didn't want to be rescued that way. Egypt, do you want to be free? Yes! Here's how you do it, Jesus. First, you're going to conquer Egypt. You're going to set us in control, and we're going to take over the pyramids. We already know what we're going to name them. We already know what we're going to do to all the people who've slaved us. I have faith. That's why I'm already braiding this whip, because I'm going to whip them instead of them whip me. And that's not the way he brought them out, of the prom, out into the promised land. And, and, and Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And he's like, yes, but I can't get in the pool. Are you the one? Are you the one who's going to put me in the pool? Jesus, are you the one who's finally going to make me rich? Are you the one who's finally going to make everyone like me? Do you want to be healed? Do you want life to be better? Yes. And it starts with this Blasted car, Lord, I need you to fix this. And, and we have all of these instructions on how he is supposed to heal us to the point that we will not recognize the healing because it's not what we conjured up. What an unusual answer. Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm on my way, someone else goes in before me. <laughs> This guy's helpless. And this is interesting as well. 38 years old and nobody's going to kick you over into the pool? I mean, literally, here's what he needs. Nobody's willing to do it? Jesus is going to come to Jerusalem, where the temple is, where the Pharisees are, where the educated are where we can really make a difference. And his first stop is a dude so helpless, he cannot crawl into the pool when the water gets stirred before someone else. That's interesting. And no one there is willing to put this man ahead of their own needs. You know that some guy's in there, and he just kind of got a bad hip, but only like a semi-bad hip, and he's just waiting. He's got the cap on full robe, man. He's going to be first one in there. And here's this dude that can't walk. Like, dude, you've only got a limp. At least kick him in. Take turns. Let's do a registration. No. That's interesting, isn't it? 
for the way that we want to be healed, the healthiest are able to achieve it. But the sickest will never get there. It's interesting. Apparently no one sees value in this man. Jesus is going to come and talk to him. Let's keep going. Verse 8. Then Jesus told him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Immediately the man was made well, and he picked up his mat, and he began to walk. Jesus just failed seminary. Jesus just feel, failed every Bible class I've ever taken. I didn't hear any, that, 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 that guy didn't have to do a thing. He didn't have to memorize anything. There was no penance. Get up and walk. I have made you healed, now walk. Now, when he says walk, I won't embarrass myself by telling you the Greek, although I have it written on this paper. But it is an ethical sort of walk. Like, there's other Greek words for walk. It's like where we get our word for orthopedics. But not this one. This one means like kind of your moral walk. No, it's also walk, but it's like walking a straight line. Ethically. <laughs> get, get up, pick up your mat, and Walk. And then the guy does it. And this is, this is my fear for the church. Am I on camera? Okay, some of y'all in the back won't be able to see me. Here's this guy for 38 years. You can tell he's been there for a long time. His legs are probably withered to nothing. You know, I mean, he's getting, he's getting around maybe in a crawl, less than a crawl, so much so that, that he can't get into the pool when the water stirs. And Jesus is just going to say, get up. And my fear is that we're going to go, do you not see me? Do you not know who I am? I'm an invalid. I can't just get up. How are you going to come in here and judge me like that? You're just going to come at me like that? Just get up. Oh, yeah. If it were that easy, I would just get up. I've been here for 38 years, but you're the guy. You're the one who's going to. You don't understand why I'm like this. Let me tell you my story. And then you'll understand why I can't get up. The dude just got up, which is a miracle in itself, right? I mean, if anybody in here, if, if your back's ever been down, <laughs> I don't care. Maybe you got back surgery. Maybe they could just heal it the next day. But dude, your legs ain't the same. You were only down for a month. Your legs ain't the same. This guy's been an invalid for 38 years, and he's just going to stand up and walk? 
Apparently, Jesus was unfamiliar with how this works. And we have been spiritually on the ground for so long that we want a healing, but we want the healing the way we want the healing. And even if Jesus comes up and he says, get up and walk, dude, I've made you whole. you got to get up. you got to go. I want you to walk. We're going to sit and argue with him about all the reasons that we can't walk. Because here's what I've experienced that maybe is the same for you. I've got a chiropractor. I go to the chiropractor. That's the reason I can do these things today, okay? This dude keeps me in line. But the last thing he does every time, man, is he grabs my neck and tries to pull my head off. <laughs> Dr. King, I highly recommend him. It is a fantastic experience, okay? And, and he tries to pull my head off, and things pop and things move. And I kid you not, I lay there for Mississippi 3 because I'm like... I know that I'm paralyzed, and as long as I don't move, I can't prove it. Whatever he did cannot be legal, and I will never move again. And as long as I never get up after I'm healed, I'll never have to find out if it worked. As long as you get into the gospel but you never pick up your mat and walk, you'll be able to claim the theoretical promises of God. And that's a lot safer than walking. Because I just don't know if I can handle the disappointment of being told that I can walk and not being able to get up and walk. Jesus is going to come in to a room full of sick people. He's going to pick one person out of it. You will not, by the way, and this is interesting, you will not see everyone else flood him. Maybe it just kind of happened off in a corner and nobody realized. But I would think this would draw some attention. And in fact, later it will draw some attention. Nobody else is going to come for the healing which I find fascinating. He's just going to say, walk. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve walked with God. But then when Satan comes, they're at a tree, and guess what they're not doing? Walking. Guess who they're not doing it with? God, and they failed to walk with God, and they sinned. And if you look back on your life, I bet that whenever it all went down, and that's the day I wish I could take back, potentially you were failing to walk. And then, and then in, in Genesis still, we're going to find one of two people who never died. God just took them off of the earth. His name is Enoch. And we don't know anything about Enoch other than he walked with God. And God just took him. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 7, I'm going to breeze through a couple of scriptures. Please write them down. You've got notes right there on your seat, right beside you. Uh, write these down. I want you to check them out. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. You don't have faith so that you can't walk in it. You don't have a light so that you won't walk. You are commanded to pick up your mat, get up, and walk. Where are you going? No one ever said. Jesus didn't say, pick up your mat and walk. Ten steps forward. I want you to hang a left. I want you to find a guy. His name is Richard. Just walk. Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk by the Spirit. You will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. So when I carry out the desires of the flesh, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not walking in the Spirit. Ephesians 4.1, therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Romans 6.4, therefore we will be buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. There is a newness of life that is available for the Christian. Let me throw this out there. You might have got saved 40 years ago, but if you haven't walked yet, you haven't experienced the newness of life. The door is open. He says, pick up your mat and walk, but I don't know where to go. Well, let me introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Every time you make a wrong turn, you're going to feel like crap. And that's how you know don't go that way. Okay? And the Spirit is going to guide you. It is so much easier to never get up and walk because I never have to deal with the conviction of the Spirit. I never have to have all eyes on me. I never have to find out if my legs are really healed or not. I never have to find out if I could actually be happy. As long as I never get up, I never have to know. We walk by faith. Church, some of you have heard enough. You've seen enough. You've thought about it. Some of you are like me. Y'all, I, y'all, okay, I can tell you, I lock every door in my house at least five times a night. At least because I'll be doing something, I'll be like, oh, I already locked the front door. But did I? But did I? And so I go check it again. And most nights, I will ask Lane, please go lock the doors. She knows I've already done them five times a piece. But I just am like, did I? But did I? Did I actually? Maybe I touched it and it didn't actually turn it. And so you have relocked every question in your faith. 400 times, and you're just sitting around wondering if maybe you didn't lock that one. I want to believe in God, but I have these questions. You've got answers for all those questions. You just need to go revisit them all. It's time to pick up your mat and walk. 
Walk by faith. And then when you are walking with God, I'm not worried about the door anymore. I probably don't even live there anymore. What you going to take from me? Come on in to take my stuff. We'll talk about Jesus. I'm not worried. I've, I've, I've already checked that door. I need to move on. I need to walk by faith. This is interesting. I, this, this is bad. This is bad. But I wonder, too, if he would have said, get up and walk. <laughs> and the, <coughs> the church is like, hey, you guys come over. We're going to have a study to find out what it would be like if I got up and walked. <laughs> I've got this cool dictionary where I can memorize everything that he told me. You know the get up and walk part? I can say it in Greek now. I'm working on saying it in Hebrew. Get up and walk. We've done painstaking studies on it. The Lord has told you, get up and walk. You got family members that you need to minister to. You got uh, kids that you need to take their phones away. You've got the person in the mirror that you need to delete 72 apps off of your phone. You have kingdom things to do, but you've got to get up and walk into them. And that's scary, and that's going to make you look a little different. And then now everybody's got to be staring at me. And now everybody's going to be like, oh, Mommy, that's the man who used to sit. That was the invalid. This was the one who couldn't go. And now there's going to be all this attention on me, and I don't like attention on me. And it's just, it's, sometimes it's easier just to stay by the pool and go, man, one day I'll get in the water. There is newness of life. There's a freshness <laughs> of life. There is Health for your spirit, man, that's a word. That's a word. There is health for your spirit when you get up and walk. It is something that will cost you so much, but you'll gladly give up everything for it. It's healing to your entire spiritual makeup when you get up and walk. Finishing verse 9, now this happened on the Sabbath day. Oh, that's a mistake, Jesus. Not only did you fell seminary, you fell temple. Verse 10, so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, this is the Sabbath. Is it unlawful for you to carry your mat? But he answered, the man who made me well told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who is this man who told you to pick it up and walk, they, they asked but the man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away while the crowd was there. Afterward, Jesus found the man at the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. They watched him set for 38 years, and the dude is up carrying his mat and walking. And all they can ask is, why are you walking on the Sabbath? Amen. 
I was a youth pastor when I was a, a young man. I'm still young. <laughs> younger, when I was younger. And man, I was in the schools all the time, really, really just putting in a lot of effort. And there was this, uh, there was this girl, and she was kind of friends with some of the kids who had come to my youth group, and had a, she just kind of had a different life, and really wanted her to meet Jesus. And so finally, we got her. She came to church. Brought her in to the house of the Lord. She walked down the aisle to come sit with the youth, and I'm like, it's happening, she's here. And a lady stood up and turned in the aisle and said, take your hat off. Basically was like, hey, should you be carrying your mat on the Sabbath? And the lady who did that was a fantastic, really good person. Man, she'd do anything for you. Not, she, 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 she was not a bad person. That was poorly timed. She had no idea what she did. Your question is, why the Sabbath instead of, holy cow, you're walking. Don't let naysayers stop your walk. There is healing for your soul. Worship team, go ahead and come up. If you have been a Christian for a long time, but you haven't been walking, there's a newness of life for you. If you say, I don't know, honestly, if I'm a Christian or not, I don't want you to come make an emotional decision. We don't always do a big altar call here because we know that many of you have never been to church ever or in a really long time. And after one service, dude, I just don't know if you're ready to give, because the Lord's not asking for a little bit. He's asking for a sacrifice. Do you understand when people make sacrifices, <laughs> you know, it's gone. The whole thing is done. He wants all of you. And so I understand it's a big decision, but some of you have been pondering this decision for a long time, and let me tell you, don't be afraid to stand up. Those legs are going to work. I know it seems easier at the moment to stand up and walk. No, sometimes it seems easier to sit down and not have to walk, right? Which is, there's not an easy option. Do you understand that? You're going to have to choose what you take because there's not an easy option for you. There's no avenue where everyone likes you. There's no avenue where nothing comes against you. But there is something where I walk in purpose and God leads me. And not only has my eternity and my family changed, but I get to invest in people and their eternities will change. And it's hard. Zoe is sitting on the ground waiting on the pool to bubble waiting on my ship to come in. Ship ain't coming. And if it does, somebody healthier than you is going to jump into it first. Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. I don't, I don't know how to do this. I'm not, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I'm, I, I don't, I don't read well. I <laughs> mean, 
that makes it all the better when the Holy Spirit tutors you. And you're like, I've never gotten anything like this before. It just makes it all the better. This was a man who had been down for 38 years. No one thought that he was valuable. He could not heal himself. In the same way that you can't heal yourself. Because I can go pump iron, I can work out, I can eat nutritious, but you can't fix what's in here, can you? Yeah, join the club. So what is there to do? Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. I don't know where he wants me to go. That's going to be the fun part. And the hard part. But also the fun part. And also the hard part. I just want to pray for you for a moment. I don't know what this means to you. I'm not saying that this, there's a fluid truth. There is an absolute truth that Jesus is getting across. We've got to pick up and we've got to walk in faith. But walking in faith is going to look a little different for every single person in here because God is calling you to something specific. He's calling something unique. And so I just want to pray for you. God, I pray for your people in this place, your saints, Lord. God, you have something you want us to walk into. And I pray that you will confirm that for us. Through prayer, through the word, uh, through circumstances, through fellow believers, God, I pray that you will continually confirm these things. Holy Spirit, convict, move, teach us, guide us, let us be a horse with a tender mouth, Lord, that is just easily maneuvered. Lord, I believe that there are many people in here that you have already been stirring in who are supposed to step out in faith and begin to walk. I pray you'll give them boldness. God, there are many who uh, need to jump into uh, the scriptures. I pray that you will meet them there on their first steps. God, I pray that we won't make another move without you and walk in faith. And we ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Worship team is going to play. You have a connection card. You got something on your heart? Write it down. We want to know about it. Better yet, there's a prayer team. Prayer team, will you all please make your way to the front? They've got buttons on. You'll be able to see them. There's a prayer team at the front. They want to pray with you now during worship. When service is over, it don't matter. But we would love to pray with you. So please come down and let us pray with you. But we want you to step out in faith. We want you to walk. God has things he wants to do in this city, and he will do it through his church. And if you are in this place and you are drawing breath today, he wants you doing that. You are the church. This is the grand building. Welcome. Hope it's comfortable. You are the church. And God is going to reach this place through his church. He has things for you to do, but first, got to pick up your mat and walk. So, baskets are going to come up. Drop that connection card in there. Part of the way we worship is with tithing offerings. Stick that in there. But if God is calling you, those legs are going to work. Get up and walk. Stand and worship with us.